Welcome to the More Than a Pastor Show with Rich Avery. If you're tired of feeling stuck, broke, or unfulfilled in your life and ministry, you're in the right place. This show is about helping you reimagine your calling so you can enjoy the life, impact, and income you were made for. And now your host, he's been more than a pastor for over 20 years, Rich Avery. Hey, how are you? Welcome to More Than a Pastor. My name is Rich Avery. Thanks for being here today. I really do appreciate the time you give me each and every week hanging out together on the show. And if this is your first time listening to the show, hey, I'm especially glad that you're here as well. This is the show for pastors who feel called to something more, more fulfillment in your life, more influence and impact in what you do, and more income for your family. You can find tools and resources to help you get unstuck and moving forward in your life and work over at my website. And while you're there, check out the show notes for today's show, episode seven. You can find all of that at morethanapastor.com slash seven. You know, I'd really love to help you take your biggest frustrations and your passions and your dreams for your life and work and transform them into what I like to call your greatest and most fulfilling calling so you can enjoy the life, impact, and income that you were made for. That's really what this show, More Than a Pastor, is all about. On today's show, I'm going to share six lessons I've discovered about life and leadership from, of all places, children's ministry. I'll also share a quotation for the day and really how it spoke, uh, how it spoke to me and impacted my life. A free resource to help you find clarity and confidence you need to go after your greatest calling, and also some Q&A. That's all coming up in today's episode of the More Than a Pastor show. Well, here on the show, I'd really love to take the time to answer questions submitted by you, the listener. But since this podcast is still new, I'm taking this time to introduce myself a little bit more each week so you can get to know a little bit more about who I am and where I'm coming from, and why it is that I launched into this show. So at the beginning of today's show, Mr. Announcer said, and now your host, he's been more than a pastor for over 20 years, Rich Avery. Well, that um, announcement really, really says two things about me. First of all, that I'm a pastor, and yes, I've been involved in ministry for over 20 years. And also, obviously, it says that I'm more than a pastor. And you know, it took me a little bit of time to really discover that because at first, when I first got involved in ministry, I really allowed my identity to get wrapped up in the position that I had. And isn't that, isn't that something that often happens to many of us, whether we're in ministry or we're, we're a doctor or a lawyer or a real estate agent, whatever kind of calling we have on our lives? vocationally, we often wrap up our identity in those things and what we do and not really remembering our identity in Christ and having that be the focus, or also our identity in other areas of life as well. Because, you know, ministry is, uh, or I should say our work, our vocation is one aspect of our lives, but it isn't the totality. It wasn't the only, it's not the only aspect of our lives. And so it really was an executive coach who introduced me to the thought or the idea 
that I was more than a pastor. And it was in my my first year of ministry. I was in my late 20s. And uh, this guy, his name was Don. He was a member of our church. And he was around 65 or 70 years of age at the time. And, you know, I had known who Don was. I had seen him in the church from time to time, in the, in the church building, before or after our worship services. Kind of knew a little bit of, of uh, like, like who he was, but didn't really know what he did and uh, what, what his job was or, um, you know, what he had done before. I kind of presumed that he was just a, a retired guy at that point. But one day Don reached out to me. Uh, he said, you know, God had placed me on his heart. Uh, he knew that I was a, a new pastor. He knew that I had a young family. Uh, we've, we have five kids, my wife and I. And he said God had impressed upon him that he should introduce himself to me and let me know a little bit about the, the work that he does as a coach to come alongside leaders and influencers and uh, help them take their life and leadership to the next level. Well, I'll admit I was a bit skeptical at first because I didn't really know what what coaching was all about. You know, he was like a business coach or an executive coach. I didn't really know what that was about or why I would need it. And Don shared with me his belief that really everyone who wants to make their greatest impact needs to have a coach. Don said the world's top business leaders, all the greatest athletes we've ever heard of, top influencers in any industry, even some of the the more well-known pastors that we know of, Don said chances are all those people had a coach at some point in their lives. Someone to believe in them, someone to inspire them, someone to help them find clarity, maybe the confidence they need to to move forward in their life, someone to help them break through barriers that they... um, that have kept them from achieving the the goals and the dreams that they could have. Sometimes these barriers were imposed by others, and quite often they were just self-imposed by by themselves. And so as I talked with Don, got to know him a little bit, I really could see pretty quickly that I needed a coach, and I needed to have Don as my coach, because he was someone who had a lot of experience in not only the school of hard knocks for himself— but also in helping to coach and guide and lead others. I found in Don someone that was a good listener, someone who could just take the time to get to know me and understand who I was and where I was coming from. Don himself wasn't a pastor, but he could relate to who I was as a pastor. Well, let me back up and and say Don wasn't in a pastoral position, but he definitely pastored me. And he definitely pastored many other people that he encountered through his work. He especially loved to coach non-Christian people, people that were far from the Lord, didn't have any faith background at all, and he just loved it when he could share Christ with them, share his testimony, and see them cross the line of faith in Christ as well. That was uh, some of Don's greatest achievements and blessings in his life. So in Don, I found someone quickly that could become a coach for me. And he and I worked together for, for many years. And um, there were times when he had specific programs that I purchased and worked through those programs with him for a certain number of weeks or months. And other times it was just just connecting one-on-one, uh, just being a him being a, a listening board or a sounding board for me, him just speaking into my life or sharing some new things that he's discovered or things that he felt God wanted him to share with me. 
I really do look back on uh, my relationship with Don in fondness and just uh, realizing that he was a gift that God had given me early on in my ministry. And that relationship went on for two decades, for 20 years. So in Don, I found someone that was a sounding board, someone who helped me to find clarity in different aspects of my life. You know, I had dreams and goals and aspirations, things that I wanted to accomplish. And Don helped me to sort those things through and and determine what things were worth working on now and what things maybe should be on the back burner for another time. Something else I'll say, too, is, is that Don really helped me to believe in dreams and to make what he called a master dream list of anything that I wanted to do, be, have, achieve, anywhere I'd like to go. He said, just when those things come to your mind, just take the time to write them down and then pray about them and then see over time, you know, what God may inspire me to begin to work on. Maybe some things never, never come to fruition. Maybe they weren't, they weren't meant to. And maybe other things uh, at some point really stand out and say, wow, I really need to focus on that. I really do believe that is a dream that God wants me to help bring into reality. And so Don was really good at helping me get what he called my dream machine going in my mind and, and to envision what God could do through me to help be a blessing to other people if some of those dreams could be fulfilled. Also, along with those dreams, he helped me clarify what are, the, what are the values that are most important to me, and what are the passions that God has given me, the things I'm, I'm burdened about, the things that I want to give my life to. He helped me to clarify those things and to help to reorganize my life around the dreams, the goals, the values, the passions that I felt God had given me. Something else that was so cool is that Don really helped me to learn that I could take permission to grow in my life, to to try to go to deeper or greater levels of success or fulfillment in my life. And what do I mean by that, taking permission? You know, a lot of times people wait around for permission. Have you ever noticed that? Sometimes kids are waiting around for permission to do something. Sometimes we, in our pastoral roles, whether we're a staff pastor or a, or a lead pastor, whatever our level of leadership, sometimes we're waiting for someone else higher above to give us their permission to launch this program or to create this ministry or to, or to, to do this or, or that. And so we're waiting around for others. Sometimes we're waiting for God to give us permission to do something all the while those people, or even God, may be waiting for us to take permission, to take the initiative to begin to pursue those things. And so Don helped me to realize I didn't have to wait around to ask for permission or for permission to be granted to me, but I could take permission. If there were things that I felt needed to be done or should be accomplished or that I wanted to pursue, Don helped me to see that I could begin to do that and not wait around for someone else to tell me that was a good idea. Along with that, Don created in my mind an, an abundance mentality. You know, there's kind of a difference between uh, some, some of us have a fixed mindset where we kind of feel like the life we've been given or or dealt, that's that's kind of our station in life. That's, that's basically how we're going to operate. We may grow a little bit in our income or we may grow a little bit in the kind of house or the kind of car, but basically that's kind of where we're at 
There's that fixed mindset where things are kind of preordained for us, and then there's the abundance mindset or mentality where all opportunities are open and where some of those opportunities depend on us taking action and how God responds and moves. As we take a step, God takes a step. And so Don, help me to have more of an abundance mentality. Now, I'll tell you, it's still something I have to work on. And uh, because I think by default, we fall back into a fixed mindset. We fall back into just this this protection. Um, I, I kind of think of it like the parable of the talents, where the the guy that had the, the least amount of talents, you know, he hid it because he was afraid that he was going to lose it. So he had that fixed mentality where he was afraid to take a risk uh, because he might lose it all. But I think God is calling us to be risk takers in our ministry and in our lives, to not play it safe, but to be bold in taking risks for his kingdom. And so I call that an abundance mentality. And really, these were things I probably could have developed on my own over time, but really Don helped move me faster toward these things, faster in my personal growth, in my spiritual growth, because he was there as a coach to believe in me and to lead and guide me in that. So I'm, I'm, I'm really forever grateful to God for the impact that Don has made on my life, and that's really what a coach can do for you. You know, Don shared from his personal and business experience And he shared from the successes of others that he had coached over the years. He helped open my eyes to new ways of thinking, to new opportunities, helped me to see farther than I could have seen on my own. And that's just exactly what a coach can do for you as well. Last year at Don's funeral, I had the privilege of sharing just a few words of what Don had meant to me through the regular mentoring opportunities I had with him. And through the times that he he coached me and guided me, he literally opened up a whole new world for me. And that's one of the reasons why I've launched into my own coaching program, to share some of the things that I've learned and experienced, some of the things that Don spoke into my life with. And Don really inspired me that God had, had gifted me and blessed me with so many resources, so much information, so much experience that I should turn around and share that with others and help other people to find more clarity and confidence in their life, to help others create an abundance mentality, help others take action on their goals and dreams as well. So I just want to ask you today, how are you doing at living the life you feel God has called you to live? Now, we have the greatest calling in the world, don't we, as pastors? I mean, It's amazing to have the front row seat to see what God does in the lives of others. But sometimes we ourselves feel stuck. Sometimes we have goals and dreams of things we want to pursue or fulfill in the future, but we just don't know how to get there or if it's too late or how can we navigate that in our church with our board or our chairman or our our lead pastor or executive pastor, depending on whatever position or station we have. But how would it feel if you had someone that you could talk those things through with Someone who believes in you, someone who's been there, and someone who knows what it's like and wants to help you to really fully step into your greatest and most fulfilling calling. Well, that's what I want to do through my coaching program. And I'd love to uh, get on a call with you, work through a free coaching session with you to uh, get to know you, to hear your story, and learn what it is that you've got a dream or a passion for. 
and let's see how we can work together to help you live the life you were made for. If that sounds good to you, you can sign up for one of my free coaching sessions over at my website, morethanapastor.com slash coaching. Well, our quotation for the day is from Lawrence Lashan. And this quote just really impacts me. Lawrence says, most of us are pretty good at keeping promises to others and pretty bad at keeping promises to ourselves. Does that speak to you at all? Have you been there yourself? You know, I think that's definitely been true in my life. There are times when when I, as a pastor, and you too, we're always responding to the needs of others, but sometimes we don't take that time to care for ourselves so well. And it's laudable, it's great that we put others first, but self-care is critical. Taking care of ourselves is so important to fill up ourselves in order for us to be able to pour it out, to be poured out for others. Sometimes we're so busy taking care of others that we don't take the time to care for ourselves. And sometimes we're neglecting very important things in our lives. Maybe it's our relationship with our spouse. Maybe it's our health. Maybe it's our kids. It could be anything. But there are times in our lives when we we begin to neglect those important areas of our life, and, and the, the cost may not be great at first. We may not notice it for some time. But at some point, those things tend to come to a head, don't they? The people that ignore their health for weeks, months, years, all of a sudden they've been handed this huge diagnosis out of nowhere, it seems. And now they've got to do something about it immediately. Now they're in crisis mode. And sometimes we get the opportunity to respond to those crises and to make a change. And sometimes it's too late, isn't it? It's too little too late for us to to be able to make a change. The cancer is too advanced or the disease is too far gone. So this this quote really speaks to me. Sometimes we're most of us are pretty good at keeping promises to others, pretty bad at keeping promises to ourselves. What's an area where you have been bad at keeping a promise to yourself and what can you do to begin to take action on that? You know, for me, uh, one of the biggest things has been to launch into this coaching and, and this podcast. You know, for years, I had had this dream and this vision from God and really felt like God had wanted me to begin to pursue this. And not not that I'm an expert, not that I have everything all figured out or I'm somebody special, but I am someone that that many others have coached and invested in my life. And so I feel like I have something to give out of that, out of my abundance to come alongside and help others as well. If I can help someone else take a step forward, someone else believe more in themselves, someone else create more of an abundance mentality, someone else take action in in growing their income or pursuing a passion or dream for, for them, then that would be a huge blessing for me. That would be a win, not just for myself, but for the kingdom to help other pastors in that way. But I, I kept putting that off for years. I just, I kept putting it off thinking, well, you know, I'm not expert enough, I'm not good enough, whatever. And and so here I was, believing that God wanted to do things through me, but I just kept putting it off, not really truly believing when it comes down to it. And so uh, I had that goal, I had that dream for years that 2019 is going to be the year. 2018 is going to be the year. 2017, I can go back, you know, over the years. But then I decided in 2020, this would be the year I would begin to take action. And I've been really blessed and grateful that I did. 
So what about you? Is there some area of your life where you have been bad at keeping a promise to yourself? And um, maybe this is your year, this is your time to do something about it. You know, I like to think that it's never too late. Obviously, like I said earlier, sometimes with our health or other situations, it may seem earthly too late, but from a spiritual perspective, there's always something that God can do. And so what about in your life? Whatever it is maybe you've been holding back on, what can you do this week? What can you do this month to just take an action on that? What's one simple change you can make that could move the needle toward uh, beginning to fulfill that promise that you've made for yourself? Maybe it's your health, maybe it's your finances, maybe it's a career decision, maybe you're at a crossroads on something in your life, and maybe now is the opportunity. Maybe God is saying to you right now, let's take a step and let's see what God will do in response to that. So I'd love to hear whatever it is that's on uh, your mind as you're thinking about that. I'd love for you to send me an email. You can email me at rich at morethanapastor.com. Or I'd love for you to, to have a little dialogue in the Facebook group. You know, we have a private uh, group on Facebook for More Than a Pastor listeners. And you can find the link for that in the show notes at morethanapastor.com slash seven. Take a look, click on that link. Would love to have you join the group. And uh, let's talk about it in the group there. You can share some of the things going on and how we can pray for you and um, hopefully help you and give you some guidance and direction in that. If we can help in some way, we'd love to do that. Well, as I mentioned earlier today, I want to share six life and leadership lessons that I've learned from children's ministry and really from being a children's pastor. Now, if you've been around the show for a while, you know, I haven't mentioned, I haven't been a children's pastor. I've been involved in uh, community care and congregational care for many years. I've been involved in small groups uh, for some, you know, uh, a little bit back many years ago. I've had a lot of different, a lot of different roles. I've worn a lot of different hats in the church over the years, but most of my time has been in the congregational care and in um, local and global outreach. And my my main role right now is in a global outreach at our church, and uh, 2020 has been a little bit weird for me because I haven't been able to travel anywhere internationally. Uh, I got to go to Mexico in early 2020 and um, was was on my way to uh, Asia when I realized in March, middle of March of 2020, when I realized that this uh, COVID-19 global pandemic was, was becoming a a, a bigger issue, and maybe it wasn't wise for me to continue on on my travels, so I turned back and came home. And uh, so I haven't been anywhere. Usually I go maybe eight to 10 weeks a year. I'm traveling somewhere internationally. But this year, mm, I've been home a lot more, which has been great to be home more with family. But I really miss being with our missions partners, being able to see them face-to-face, enjoy fellowship together, do some mentoring and coaching one-on-one, face-to-face, or with, with the groups there. You can do some of that by Zoom, of course, but uh, sometimes there's nothing like being there in person. But anyway, um, we've had a vacancy in our children's ministry role here at our church for just about a year now. And um, our preschool and daycare director was able to step up and kind of fill an interim role for about nine or almost 10 months. But then it became a little bit too much for her to continue in that uh, as her responsibilities were increasing at our preschool and daycare. And so she was looking to um, to step back, and you know, I just um, offered. It was kind of a funny. My executive pastor and I we kind of laugh about this weird conversation that we had, and um, 
Uh, but uh, what came out of it was that I felt felt like you know if there was if there was a way that I could uh, offer help in our children's ministry, hey, I'm not traveling anywhere right now, I'd be glad to help. Well, I didn't realize that meant like the next week I would become the interim uh, children's pastor, but that's uh, who I am. And so um, you know most of the year we have been uh, meeting online for our church services and also outdoors. We have had uh, drive-in outdoor services, and that was great here in Michigan to do that all spring, summer, and into the fall. But come November, uh, usually it's cold and and winter and snowy. And so we've begun to move back inside um, starting the 1st of November. And so then we wanted to start children's ministry inside as well. And so we thought we'd face things in, begin with the elementary age kids, and uh, and give that a try for some time before we added preschool or before we added our special needs ministry, nursery, things like that, you know. And so I've really only had three weeks experience being an interim children's pastor with kids in our kids' worship space. Um, I began in October uh, trying to figure things out, what it would look like to launch in the building. And then uh, the first three weeks of November, uh, we had our in-person children's ministry for uh, elementary age kids. Spaced apart, you know, six feet with the social distancing and all that, everyone wearing masks. So it worked out great for those first few weeks, but as uh, our our... Infection rate has risen here in our community. We decided to push the pause on in-person children's ministry, um, still doing our services, and then also doing them online, but uh, not having in-person children right now. But you know, in those three weeks, I was really blessed. I mean, I love hanging out with the kids, and I really do believe our kids deserve our best and our families deserve the best experience that we can provide. But I really was taught some lessons. Here I was uh, wanting to be a blessing and help teach others, but I learned a few lessons myself and things that that I was really uh, surprised about, Uh, some lessons I learned from children's ministry that I thought that I could apply also to other areas of my life and my ministry as well. So I don't know if you've ever been involved in children's ministry before or not. Maybe you've just had kids in kids' ministry, or maybe you are a children's pastor or next-gen pastor. But uh, maybe you can relate to some of these things, or maybe these are new for you. But here are six life and leadership lessons that I learned from being involved in children's ministry. And lesson number one is to make it fun. Wouldn't our, wouldn't our work be more enjoyable? Wouldn't our work be more fun if we could make it more fun? You know, sometimes there are times, you know, there, there are aspects of our work that are just not fun and things that... Um, take time and kind of wear us out or make us tired or are stressful. But then there are times when we can have a lot of fun and bring a lot of joy to our lives and to our work. And so this reminded me to think about what are the areas of my life that are just a little too boring right now or a little too routine or mundane? Maybe it's my my office and how my work setup is. Is it inspiring me? Is Is it creating a fun atmosphere for me or is it kind of boring? And so I wanted to begin to think through what could I do to make my work more fun, my interactions with other people more fun, and uh, just more fun in my life with my family and my life in general. So that was the first thing that jumped out to me. What can we do to make it more fun? Because in children's ministry, it's all about having fun and learning about Jesus in a fun and inviting way. And if it's fun, the kids will come back, won't they? And if it's not fun, they're probably not going to be too excited to come back. So I think the same can be true, couldn't it, in our regular lives? If our interactions with others are more fun, won't they be looking more forward to being with us and talking with us? Or if we're more fun in the way we engage uh, in our community, 
some of the events and activities that we do, it can make a big difference. So that was the first thing to me. Number one, make it fun. Number two is to mix it up. You know, I discovered in children's ministry that there's there's lots of different aspects of the of that that hour or hour and fifteen or hour and a half, depending on your church, that you have the kids for. You know, there's the um, the worship and the singing time. Maybe there's like a Bible lesson or devotional time or or teaching time. Often then there's like the small group breakout, and then there's uh, a craft or activity, and then a snack. So there's like five, six, maybe seven, depending on the church. There's there there's a variety. There's a variety of different activities, but they all have one goal of to engage the kids and help them to grow deeper in a relationship with Christ. But they use all these different elements in order to make that happen. And boy, if you if you pull one of those elements away, there can be like a sense of loss, like, oh, something's missing. Boy, we really missed that snack this week. Or man, I wish we could have had the worship time or what happened that lesson uh, that was a really uh, we we missed the lesson or didn't have time for it or something you know when when one of those aspects is missing uh pe- people notice and so what can we do to mix it up in our lives that was the thing that i began to think of what can i do to make my my routine my my week more interesting more intriguing um like for me i can't sit very long uh, and, and stay at my desk. My my workspace at, at the church does not have any windows, and uh, so it's not inspiring for me. And so I've got to be outside more, or I've got to go go to a place where there's windows. You know, I sit down most of the time at my desk. I have to go and stand up some somewhere for a while. And so for me, if I want to be more, more productive, if I want to feel good, better about my workday, I've got to get up. i got to move around. I've got to mix it up. I've got to change up my work environment. And so uh, what does that look like for you? Maybe it'll help you if you could mix things up in your work and um, maybe, again, in how you're working with people. Maybe it's just where you are involved for yourself in your own office or where your study is. Or maybe it's it's how you do everything with your staff. Is there something you can do to, to mix things up, to make it more interesting, to help people to feel more productive or more valued in who they are? And in what they do, sometimes changing up our environment can can make a, a big difference and help us to get out of a rut we might be involved in. So number three is feed your passion. You know, in children's ministry and in youth ministry too, it almost always involves food, doesn't it? And uh, whether it's the fruit snacks or a granola bar or something like that, uh, we almost always have a snack for the kids before they leave or something to take home with them. Now, when I was a kid, it was just animal crackers. Uh, When our kids were little, it was the goldfish. That was the big thing. But now with so many allergies and things like that, basically it's like the the fruit snacks, I think, is probably the safest thing we can give people for the most part. But um, food plays a role in helping to keep the kids' attention and to nourish their physical body to help them to be able to listen more to the lesson and to be more attentive. And so I, I just call this one number three, feed your passion. What are the things that you can do to feed your passion, your soul throughout your day? And sometimes maybe that involves physical food. Is there a certain coffee or or beverage that really just inspires you and, and, and keeps you moving and is a special treat that you can give yourself from time to time? Or is it a certain kind of food you like at a lunch? Or maybe it's uh, it involves like bringing donuts or bagels to one of your meetings with your staff or or bringing coffee, something like that. You know, food can 
can create memories. It can be um, a memorable experience when people bring food. People remember, oh man, you brought me coffee. That was so amazing. Or they remember, oh, Joe, he's always the guy that brings donuts. That's that's always so cool. Back in the summertime, our family watched a movie called Hundred Foot Journey. And it was a really cool movie. It was It took place in France, and it was uh, a, a movie about a, a this small community, small village where a French uh, restaurant, you know, like your, if you think of a traditional French restaurant in a small village, uh, this place had been there for years or decades. And then across the street was a vacant restaurant that a, an Indian family bought, a family from India. They moved in, bought this place, and they were setting up their own Indian restaurant. And immediately there became this competition between the French restaurant and the Indian restaurant, and they were at each other's uh, throats sometimes, figuratively and literally. And it became just uh, really interesting that they were that they were at odds with each other, thinking that you know one of them had to best the other one to try to win the attention and the hearts and the stomachs of the people in that community. But at one point, they decided to take that hundred foot journey across the street. They were really worlds apart, but they came together to get to know each other, to learn about their food and cuisine, and and some cool things happened as they began to let the walls come down and began to open up their relationship and get to know each other. And one of the, one of the famous lines in that movie is, "Food makes memories." And so, is there something that can inspire a memory as you uh, do something special with food or drink? Again, maybe it's a physical food, maybe it's spiritual food, but um, what can you do to feed your passion, feed um, your soul in terms of the, the calling, the giftedness that you feel God has placed in your life? What are some things you can do to fuel that or to feed that? And what can you do to do the same with your, your team, your staff members, the people you serve with? Number four is make it a game. You know, there's almost always games or activities in children's ministry. And you know, that's really growing in terms of the business world as well, or or like um, in other aspects of life that we're trying to gamify things. They call it the gamification of everything. Hey, if you want to lose weight or exercise more, there's an app for that. And chances are there's probably a game kind of an aspect to it where you can kind of compete with yourself and keep track of your points and your time and things like that. Or you can even compete with your friends or with strangers and and watch your progress compared to other people. If you want to learn a foreign language, there's an app for that. And there's also uh, a game aspect to those apps where people are, again, earning points as they're progressing through learning the language. And so that's a big business these days to gamify everything, to make it a game because it makes it more fun, more enjoyable. People end up uh, learning without even realizing it because it's more of a game. And so what can you do in your life, in your in your work to, to gamify things? Maybe you can compete against yourself for, for some goals uh, or some dreams you have. And as you take a step, maybe you think of, um, boy, if I, if I can achieve this goal this month, I'm going to treat myself to this, or I'm going to go ahead and buy this book or, or take myself out for lunch or take my spouse out or do something special. So you can kind of make it a game where you're you're incentivizing yourself to accomplish that goal or that dream or that task. Maybe there's been something you've been putting it off, uh, putting off for a while, like uh, that quote earlier from Lawrence Lachan. Maybe there's a dream that you've been bad uh, or a promise you've been bad at keeping to yourself. 
What if you made it a game and said this month or in the next 30 days, I'm going to get that done. And if I do, here's the, the result. Here's the reward I'm going to provide for myself. So, so make it a game. Make it fun. Um, that's been a great aspect of children's ministry. The kids love having fun. It helps them retain the lesson, helps uh, them uh, be able to endure the time uh, that, um, that they're in children's ministry. And making our work a game or certain aspects of it a game, making it more fun can help us as well to be more productive, to be more efficient in what we do, and uh, maybe to, to grow and, and to progress in uh, the goals and dreams that we've wanted to accomplish. Number five is fuel your creativity. You know, in children's ministry, there's almost always a craft where the kids are using their hands, they're gluing something together or taping something or or coloring. So there's something that, that gets their creative synapses working and um, they're using their hands, they're using their minds. And again, it helps to reinforce the lesson. So let me ask you, do you know what fuels your creativity? Do you take the time to allow yourself a creative outlet that can help you to learn more, to grow more, to dream more, and to, and to do more in your life and in your work. There have been times in my life when I, I put my creativity on hold and I just was all like business and I've got to get these tasks done. And 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 for so, there have been times when I just would ignore taking the time to feed my creativity. But when I would take that time, I would realize I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't wasting time. I wasn't spending time, but I was really investing time because as I took the time to be more creative, my mind was thinking new thoughts. I was innovating. I was growing. I was doing things I didn't even know I was doing because I was doing it in a creative way. It just gave me more time to think or more time to pray and to pray differently. It wasn't a task, but it was like a, an outgrowth of, of doing that creative exercise. So what can you do to bring more creativity to your life? Maybe it's a hobby that you've been putting on the shelf for too long, and now it's time to jump back into that again. Or, or music. Uh, maybe it's art. Whatever it could be. What can you do to take some time in your week? Maybe every day, but at least maybe once a week something to fuel your creativity. It maybe will help you to uh, take a new level of growth in your life. Number six is to respect your limits. You know, in uh, children's ministry, there's always a time limit, right? In some churches, it's 60 minutes for the service. In others, maybe 70, 75 minutes. Uh, at our church, it's often about 90 minutes. And so you've really got to know what, what your limit is. And you've got to be able to be programmed for uh, being able to keep the kids engaged and, and busy and learning during that time. And so it made me think, um, are we, we respecting our limits? You know, in our lives too, there's a time limit. We have a certain amount of time here on this earth. But we also have a certain amount of time that we should put into our work during our week or our day. And are we respecting those limits and honoring the time we need um, to have a rhythm of rest? And um, Sabbath, you know, we're often working hard. We're trying to push toward goals, things we want to get done. There's a lot of stress in ministry because of things going on in the lives of other people in our church or because of the financial aspect of the church or with this global pandemic. There's so much that's stressful. But can we manage those stressful situations better if we have an outlet for that stress, if we take more time to rest? If we take more time to reflect, to have Sabbath, to have a creative outlet, uh, 
I think that helps us to have more longevity in ministry. If we can invest more in those things that that inspire us and that help us to release the tension, things that can help us to manage the stress better, if we can focus more on those things, man, I think we could last a lot longer in ministry and pastors wouldn't be burning out so fast if they could take that time. Again, if they can give themselves permission to take more time to rest, more time to reflect, more time to study, more time to have Sabbath, more time to have creative pursuits that could help refuel their souls. So those are uh, six life and leadership lessons I learned from my time in children's ministry. Make it fun, mix it up, feed your passion, make it a game, fuel your creativity, respect your limits. Hey, I'd love to hear if this was uh, helpful for you in any way, if there was something here that really spoke to you, maybe something you wanted to focus more on in your life. You can uh, send me an email, rich at morethanapastor.com, or hey, join that Facebook group. Would love to have you join there. Just go to the website, morethanapastor.com slash seven. Click the link there to join the Facebook group, and would love to discuss these things further there and keep the conversation going over on the Facebook group. And again, if you are interested in the coaching, again, I'd love for you to take advantage of a free coaching session. You know, I don't know how often or how long I'll be able to have that offer up for a free session, but would love to connect with you on that. And you can learn more about that at morethanapastor.com slash coaching. Well, that's it for today's show. Thanks for joining me. And uh, hey, could you do me a huge favor? If you enjoyed the show, could you take a moment to subscribe? And uh, also to give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is that you listen to the show. That's a great way that you can support the show. It it just takes a minute and it helps others find it as well. And uh, we always love it when more people can find the show and hopefully be helped by, by the topics we share here. As always, you can find my contact information, helpful resources, and the show notes for today's episode and the link to the private Facebook group over at morethanapastor.com slash seven. And until next week, remember that you are more than a pastor. Saying yes to God's call doesn't mean you have to say yes to feeling stuck, broke, or unfulfilled. Let's work together to create the life, impact, and income you were made for.